says, uh, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. The center of this book is redemption. The center person of this book is the redeemer. This whole book's about the redeemer and redemption that he purchased. And you hear and I've gone door to door many years now and asked the question, do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? And most people say they're, they believe there's a heaven. They qualify. And I say, what do you mean? Say, okay, you believe there's heaven. If you died, where would you go? And they say, well, heaven. And I ask them why, and they have no idea. Other than that they've tried to be good, and, uh, you know, Johnny be good, and, They've tried to, uh, you know, they've tried to out maybe help help an old lady across the street. I mean, it's ridiculous, to be honest with you. And yet they're convinced of it. I've heard this phrase most of my adult life from many different sources. I've heard it from old ladies, from young ladies, from old men, from young men. I've heard it from preachers. I'm talking about preachers. I've heard from priests. I've heard it in sermons. It's on the lips of most liberals. It's one of the most popular beliefs on planet Earth. That all roads lead to heaven. They say that there are many roads that lead to heaven. I say, and the Bible says, there are many roads to heaven presented in the Bible. And here are some of those roads. The first road that I'm familiar with, and you're most maybe most familiar with on a road to heaven, is called, we call it the Romans Road, right? The first sign that we see along the Romans Road is that we are all sinners in need of a Savior. We're in trouble. There are warning signs. It says, as it is written in Romans 3.10, there's none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all sin comes short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12, wherefore is by one man sin entered in the world, death by sin, so death passed upon all men for, how many? All have sinned. 
Romans 14, 11, 12, it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every nation shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Now, if I didn't read anything else, and I don't know much else about the Bible, that made me nervous. So the first sign down the Romans road is that we are sinners. The second sign we see is that you cannot save yourself by any amount of good works. Because the second thing, when I ask them if they'll go to heaven, they say they believe they will. The second, and I ask how, the next few words out of their mouth is works of some kind. You know, they gave to the Jerry Lewis thing in September. They, they gave to, uh, you know, the UNICEF. They don't care where the money goes. They don't care that 97% spent on, spent on administration. 3% goes where it's supposed to, but they don't, they don't care about that. Uh, they, they, uh, they just gave, and now we're talking, my accountant has been doing accounting, the accountant I use has been doing accounting for about 35 years at least, and she does a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of businesses, a lot of people, and she said the average amount of, of, of giving, uh, benevolence giving that people do is about 1500 bucks. We're talking corporations, we're talking individuals. Until she runs across gospel Baptist church people. And then she asks us, why do you give so much? That's the questions you get from her. And, and, and Moon goes to her, uh, Chris goes to her, I go to her. And my mom and dad went to her before they died. And they kept, she kept asking, why do you folks do this? It's a beautiful opportunity to witness. First of all, because God said it's his money, and if you don't give it to him, he said you robbed him. That's pretty good reason. But also, we get to give. I mean, in the end of everything, what you're going to have left? What you're going to have left? All that stuff you bought will be gone, and all the investments you'll leave to somebody else. The only thing you're going to really keep is what you gave to God. I mean, you know, in, 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 in dedication to him. And so God, in his mercy to us, tells us to give 10%. That's, I've never thought about it that way. That's actually him having mercy on us. Because you know if he didn't do that, most people wouldn't even do it. And so when he says, I want you to give 10%, a tenth of everything's mine, give it to me, he's actually allowing you to store something up for eternity. Wow, I never thought about that before. That's brand new tonight. Never even heard it preached before. Hmm. It says Romans 4, 5, But to him that worketh not, I like this, is about Abraham. But to him that worketh not, believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. Do you believe on him who justifies the ungodly? Do you believe it? Ah, you, if you got saved, you do. Amen. Do you believe in him who justified the ungodly? I'm one of them. They got justified, and I was ungodly. I believe in it. He says, he says, by his faith is counted for righteousness. I became righteous by simple childlike faith in what Christ already accomplished for me, amen? Plus nothing, minus nothing. So that sign says you can't get it but worse. So the first sign says you, you're, you're in a tr big heap of trouble. You're going to face God with your sin. You're going to have to answer for it. Second road sign in the Romans road says you can't get it but worse. No amount of good works. You're, gonna, you're not going to please God. You're not going to, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Nothing. And the third sign you see along the Romans road is that Christ died for us. 
If I may say, he died in our place. Romans 5, 6 through 10 says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now, we're all ungodly. We all start out the same boat. I think you got that in the first sign. And for scarcely for a righteous man will one, dare, will one die. Yea, for adventure for a good man would even some dare to die. But God commanded his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us vicariously in our place. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. You say, Brother Bill, I'm a little down tonight. Well, you meditate on being saved from the wrath of God. You'll get up. You'll cheer yourself up. You know, David, he, he, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And uh, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Romans 3, 24 and 26 on that sign, say, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. You don't see works there. You see faith and belief. The fourth sign you see in the Romans road implores us to trust and to believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior. Romans 10, 9 through 10 and 13. You've heard it so many times from the Pope. And that thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, or the Lord Jesus, and believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's a second road to heaven, and I'm just going to go over a few tonight. The second road to heaven is John's road. So there's a Romans road. And all those verses, by the way, came out of Romans. And that's the way you learn it. There's another road. It's called the John's road. The first sign along the John, John's road is you must be born again to go to heaven. That's found in John 3.3. 3. Verily, verily, Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot... If I may add a word, even see the kingdom of God. The second sign is the most complete instruction on how to be forgiven, how to have God's love for you, how to be saved from the sins that you've committed anywhere in the Bible. John 3, 16 through 18. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned. Woo, glory to God. He that believeth on him is what? Is not condemned. Brother, sometimes I condemn myself. Sometimes you condemn me. Sometimes they condemn me. Sometimes the devil condemns me. But God won't condemn me. If I believe in his son, I'm happy. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. The people out there are lying, already condemned, ready to be judged by God if they die in their sin. 
The third sign along this road of the John's Road is maybe the clearest explanation in the Bible why people reject this wonderful offer of salvation and this road to heaven. John 3, 19 through 21, Jesus' words, and this is the condemnation. That light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. The fourth sign along John's road, of course, is the invitation sign. And there, what good would it do unless there was an invitation, amen? Don't tell somebody about heaven unless you give them an invite. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Oftentimes in soul winning courses, uh, this is the closer. You say, now you've heard the plan. Do you want to receive it? You've heard it. You understood it. Do you want to receive it? And oftentimes a soul winner, I've done it. Take a pen. I'll say this pen here. I paid for it. It's mine. 49 cents for that pen. I paid for this pen. Let's say it's solid gold. Given to me by my great-grandfather, Civil War. And I want to give it to you. What do you have to do to take it? And they'll look at you and give you the bewildered look and say, what do you have to do? To, I want to give I paid for it. Well, I want to give it to you. And, of course, the answer is I have to receive it. And I say, well, then receive it. They'll reach out and grab it. And that's how you get saved. It's childlike faith. You don't have to understand everything about the pen. You don't have to understand all the theology around the pen. But the pen's been provided. There was salvation been provided. Put that thing away or I'm going to get in trouble. I'll put it there. You just don't know what a preacher goes through up here. The third road to heaven is, I call it the Isaiah road. It's one of my favorite roads. The Isaiah road is what I use on Jewish people. You can give the gospel to Jewish people and really not go into the New Testament because they don't like to go into the New Testament. And I've led some Jewish people to Christ on this Isaiah road. First sign in Isaiah road explains how good works look to God. That's found in Isaiah chapter 59, and you can get the tape or write these down as you want to. Isaiah 59, 2 through 4 says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue has muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. I think that's clear enough. The second sign along the Isaiah road warns us of self-righteousness. And boy, that's just the favorite, favorite way people think they're going to make it to heaven. Somehow by self-righteousness. Self-generated. 
it, it just uh, says it doesn't impress God. Where is that? Isaiah 64, 6. We are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses, this is the part I really got to stop at, righteousnesses. Did you get that? Righteousnesses are as filthy rags. That hurts my feelings if I'm, if I'm trusting in, in righteousness. And, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. I don't, you don't need to go to another one, but there, there are more signs in this area. Isaiah 57, 20 and 21 says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. I've been in those. I've seen it. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. They're never going to find it. Because you can't have peace without the Prince of Peace. You need the God of peace and the Prince of Peace to ever have peace. Third sign along this road is the best of all, I think. It's the best. Man, it's a fabulous sign. It shows who died, how we got this offer of this road, how we got this offer to get on this road to go to heaven. Isaiah, of course, Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we were healed. All oh, we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. The fourth sign invites the lost to come. I notice on these roads to heaven, the last sign always is a sign of invitation. Come. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. He that hath no money, come, buy and eat, come, buy wine and milk without money, without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken it. Diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight in itself in fatness. Incline your ear, come unto me, here your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. I was, uh, I don't even know where I was. I was meditating. I think I may have been in the hospital. I don't know. Psalm 23 always. It's one of my favorites to kind of quote to myself. David says, Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's all good, brother. It's all good, isn't it? I love it. It's like meat. It's like ribeye cooked ever so. It's like plant cooked salmon. You getting hungry? The fourth road to heaven. I only got ten roads, so we should get out of here before midnight. The fourth road is the Galatian road. Galatian, the book of Galatians. The first sign on this road is uh, explaining God's plan for us. 
Galatians chapter 4, 4 through 5 says, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Why? To redeem them in the run of the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. You know, Romans chapter 8 says the adoption of sons is the redemption of our body. Got a lot to look forward to. I am not complete. Positionally, I'm complete. Oh, yeah. Forever settled in heaven, already in heaven. But I'm here. I'm messed up. I'm looking for that adoption. When I get to have a, be, I'll see him, I'll be like him for I'll see him as he is. Who I like that. The second sign along that road, we see is God's warning not to try to get his salvation through good works. Galatians 2.16. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ, so we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. How much plainer you got to get in that, right? By the works of the law shall no flesh be justified, Galatians 2.16. It don't get better than that. And yet you know from going door to door, and you know especially among Catholics, how they are relying on they went to mass or they gave a little to the priest or they, or they took communion. And, all, and, and Jesus isn't mentioned. His blood doesn't come up in the conversation. The third sign along the road. Ooh, it's how Christ paid for our salvation. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. You know, when I stand under the law, I get shot from every direction. I violate almost all the Ten Commandments, maybe all of them, in spirit for sure. That's what I mean, in spirit. And, uh, whew, I stand before God condemned. He said, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse, there it is again, that's a substitutionary atonement. Being made a curse for us. For it is written, Curses everyone that hangeth on a tree. Galatians chapter 3, verses 6 and 7 said, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know you therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. You know, I'm a children of Abraham, child of Abraham, children of Abraham. I'm a child of Abraham. By faith, I'm his child. I'm part of it. The children of faith. The fourth sign we see is ultimately the purpose is found in Galatians 1.4, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God, our Father. You see, there are many, many roads to heaven. And what I mentioned here tonight are not all the roads. There's a Revelation road. You can stay in the book of Revelation, preach, preach salvation, preach the gospel. Preach the four major points of the gospel. You can stay in 1 John. There's the 1 John road. And never leave 1 John and preach the major four points of the gospel. You can go to the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Of course, we know John, you don't have to leave. But you can go Matthew, Mark, the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and never leave them and preach the, another road. 
the Revelation Road, the First John Road, the Synoptic Gospel Road. There's enough clear verses in these books and others to explain the gospel and lead a person to Christ. The Bible is crystal clear that only through Christ can anyone be saved and go to heaven. Don't you let these liberals and the devil himself shake you to somehow believe people will come to me and say, well, what about all the Islamics? You mean to tell me that 250 million, they say a billion, actually they say, I think, their count is that there's a billion Islamics in the world. I don't think so, but who knows? I, whose head count? I don't know. You mean to tell me that God would condemn a billion sincere people? Then they'll say, what about the Hindus? Uh, there's a lot of Hindus. I'm going to say there's a, a billion Hindus because there, uh, India has 1.2, 1.3 billion people, and most 84% is Hindu. So I'm going to say, they'll come in and say, well, you mean to tell me that God would condemn the hell a billion Hindus. What's the answer? What the Father will not tolerate is bypassing His Son. Not going to tolerate it. The God who gave his son for you and for the world, by the way, for God so loved the world, the bill, everybody, he gave his only begotten. He's not going to put up with, with some sort of a compromise that because somebody was sincere, they get, get a shot. Not the book, not the Bible. I believe Matt, uh, Chris Barrows did a superb job in adult Sunday school class on this subject. Matthew seven thirteen through 14, he said, Enter ye, Jesus' words, at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many be which go there in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few be there, few be that find it. Of course, you know the verse in John 14, 6 says, Jesus' words again, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father, but by me now. If those people are right, if there's another way other than Jesus, then he was wrong, which would then disqualify him as a sinless son of God and basically make him a nut nutcase. See, the three alternatives about Jesus, when you approach Jesus, you either have to categorize him as a lunatic or as an outright liar, or he is what he said he was, he's Lord of all. And I think you people in this room have decided who he is. But let me tell you, you need to decide who he is. So well, I don't want to decide. You already decided. He that believeth not is condemned already. Because he's not believing in the name of the Son of God. 
You've got to be proactive in this deal. Do nothing, and you're going to stand before him lost. I don't know about you, but this sobers me up. This sobers me. This, this is not easy for me to talk about. Not easy for me to talk about. I've, I've meditated on what I'm talking to you about. Many, many, many hours. I don't want anybody to go to hell. It really bothers me that people are going to go to hell. And that helps me and motivates me to get up off my lazy butt and get out and do something for God while I still got the strength to do it. Excuse my vernacular, but I need to say that because I need to get your attention. But sometimes we Christians, we get in Beulah land before we get in Beulah land. We're not in Beulah land yet. We're in work land. Go to the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's where we're at. Why? Because these dear souls are lost without Christ and undone and cannot be saved unless they get on the road to heaven. And that road is through Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And flesh and blood have not revealed that to you. But the Holy Spirit's revealed it to you. That's why we, we do, the, that's why we, we get crazy here at the gospel and do VBS like I've never seen anybody do it. Why we spend what we spend on the bus ministry and the effort and the time and the blood and the sweat and the tears to win that thing and beg you to get your CDL and beg you to help us do it. That's why we go door to door in the hot sun and, 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 and with rejection. And that's why we endure that. We, none, there's nobody that goes door to door loves to suffer. Amen? I don't love to suffer. You say, well, Brother Bill, you, 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 you like going door to door. I only like it because God likes it. I only like passing tracks out because God likes it. I only like the bus ministry because God likes it. I only like any ministry we got going that gives the gospel of the lost because God likes it. Because he said, get out there and make it happen. I'll give you the power. I'll go ahead of you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're born. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your future's secure. Now help some other people have a secure future. Wow. It's our heartbeat. It's our reason for, tithes, for giving, for tithing, for accumulating, for doing. It's because we want to get as many people under the sound of the gospel as possible. Now, I don't save folks. You don't save folks. You know, I think of Noah. If Noah would have been an independent fundamental Baptist, he'd have been kicked out of the, the whole deal and said he was a failure. Uh, Troy, what do you say when you, when you only, only hire your own family? What do you say? What's the word for that? What do you call that? Yeah. No, nepotism. Noah was practicing, practicing nepotism. He only had his family. I want to know what happened to all the people around him. They didn't. I'm not saying he preached righteousness for 120 years. The Bible's clear on that. Can you imagine being around a group of people so hardened against God that for 120 years of preaching he had his family? That was it. And I don't think it was all his family. Back then they had a lot of kids. They had no birth control. 
they, they had a lot of long life, and I just got to believe that, that Noah had a whole lot more kids than that. Maybe he did. I can't prove it. But it just in my mind, I'm like, well, why would we say that's all the kids he's got? But buddy, when he got in that ark and God and the, God, the Spirit of God took that door and went like that and sealed it, the rest of them people were gone. It was over. But I want to be faithful even like Noah. I don't want it to be like Noah. I don't want it to be that, that tough. But brother, if it gets tough like that, will you be like Noah? Or do you have to see results to keep going? I want to see results. Man, I want to see. I've been praying lately especially. I want you to pray with me. Pray that God begins to save people, birth them like I got birthed, birth them like you got birthed. I want to see people come down, get saved, baptized, join the church. I'm like you. I, I want to see that. But if 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 things change and if, 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 if it happens, I want to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing the right thing. You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Look, that, man, Acts, Acts 4.12, I mean, that's as clear as it gets. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved. You believe the Bible's true? Believe the Bible's true? I do. There are many roads in the, in the Bible to heaven, but there's only one Savior, and his name is Jesus. I hope tonight you're on the right road. This really wasn't an evangelistic sermon. This is for Christians. Now, you may be here without Christ, and you've never been saved. All I can do is I beg you in Jesus' name, Trust Him as your Savior and be saved before it's too late. You know, when <clears throat> a couple times, I've always been a preacher that at any moment, God take it home. I mean, because I read the Bible. I mean, if you read this book, you know death can come at any moment, right? <clears throat> four, four years ago, I woke up by 2 in the morning with my, whole, my heart, you know, just making my whole chest move around. It's crazy. Craziest thing. I thought, well, this is it. I didn't wake my wife up. I got up, went to my chair, laid back, and said, okay, Lord Jesus, I'm ready. My heart's, my, you know, my whole, my whole, my heart's been 190 beats per, my blood pressure's like 180 over 120, and I'm like, okay, we're good. We're going. I waited an hour. I thought, man, that angel, he is slow tonight. Finally, I said, well, I'm going to go wake my wife up. So I went in there and waked up Sleeping Beauty. Ah, what's wrong? <laughs> Get up, we're going to the hospital. So I went to the hospital, right? Up there, in, up there in North Dakota, down four years down the road, we're getting ready to go to church Sunday. I'm excited about it. I like that little church up there, Open Door Baptist Church. And boom, two in the morning again, two in the morning, same thing. I think, well, he had a little recliner for me. I went in the recliner, laid in the recliner, 
Say, okay, I'm ready. 30, 40 minutes later, nobody showed. A no-show. I got up and I thought, well, I'm going to wake up sleeping beauty. My sweet woman. She cares about me. She does. And uh, I went and got her and said, okay, we get to go to a foreign hospital in a foreign land. And uh, all I can tell you is death comes unannounced most of the time. And you better be ready to meet God. And it's not going to be a sad time. It's going to be a good time. Look, don't look at death like a bad thing. Are you kidding me? It's a release from this old wicked world and body that's corrupted. And, and it's a, you get to walk in robes of white. Do I need to tell you what's going on? What's the face up there? Pat Whiff is dying. And she knows that she's been given less than six months to live. Got pancreatic cancer. It's all over her body. She refused. I told her, don't take chemo. Doc, you'll love this. Dr. Bill, don't take chemo. Because if you take chemo, it's going to ruin the last few months of your life, make you sick, and it won't do any good anyway. And she didn't take She's not going to take it. And she's happy. She feels good. She's laughing. We talked. Had a big time. Call her. Call Pat Whip. Probably last time. And she moved in with, with uh, Todd and Eileen. And she says, man, you know, I don't even have any pain. I go, <laughs> you know, maybe it was a dream. Oh, death, where is I stand? Oh, grave, where is I victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.